Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. Dina, you're a pacifier, and... You know, your gift is pacifying, is calming, which is a very, very precious thing to be able to do. I wonder if it might be good if you could just, you know, there are people listening to this who might be angry, who might be agitated. Um, could we try just through listening to this? Could you try to pacify them? Oh, yes. I can I can certainly try a, an auditory pacification. Just just imagine Imagine yourself with me in your mouth. And you can wrap your tongue all around Just gently wrap around the fine curves of my contours and just gnaw. Release the tension from your jaw and just gnaw. Now you can feel all the pressures of your day being released. Don't bite down too hard now. Just gently gnaw on the rubber. And now all your problems are gone. I feel calm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. You can just do that? It's my gift. It's my gift and my curse. Well, Dina, describe a typical day for me. Um, typical day ranges from uh, hell to nightmare. I end up generally in a very wet and dark hole. That is the bulk of my day. And when it's not a wet and dark hole, it is a loud, loud, shrieking torture room. So your baby, should I call it your baby? I mean, I don't want to be associated with that. The the baby, your your baby. Yeah, let's go with the baby. The baby. Um, tell me about them. The baby, you know, it's uh, it's deceptive. These these things are designed to be deceptive. They they're very tiny. They don't look as though they can produce the decibels that they do. Just the amount of slobber that this this creature can produce. You know, when they're not shrieking, I can see, I can see the appeal, but most of it is in fact shrieking. 
And thus my role is to enter the baby and uh, pacify this baby, whatever that means. I'm sorry, what, what is the word pacify? What does it mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, let me just, I will look it up and give you the dictionary definition. Okay, to uh, pacify, to quell the anger, excitement, or agitation of. To quell the anger. Now, I have a question. What do these babies have to be angry about? That's a good question. I think that they are, they can't talk, and they have a lot of, they have similar desires to the older people who can talk, and so they're constantly frustrated by their inability to express themselves. Okay, so they're they're dumb. It's my job to make peace with their stupidity. I just don't know what they have to shriek about. Everything is done for them. Everything is done for them. The, these the larger adults. They do everything. Everything for them. No one ever has looked out for me. No one asks. You know what? Where where do I want to go? Do I want to go in not a dark, slimy hole today? No one asks me that. No one babies you. That's exactly correct. So do you know how old is the baby? I mean, in pacifier years or? Sure, yeah. Uh, it could be about 3,000 years old. Okay, so is there a conversion for? Well, pacifiers, we have very brief lives. And they range from, you know, roughly 30 seconds to, hmm, guess, uh, I think I know someone who lasted about 10 days. Yeah. Wow. More or less. I've seen many of my, my brethren and sistren and others on the, on the streets. They're, they left, they're left abandoned, you know. I, I've noticed these adults, they, they treat us as refuse. I tend to fall out of the baby, and where I go from there, it's anybody's guess. In one of these instances, you know, the ba this baby did fall asleep, and I ended up on the floor, but before the allegedly responsible adult in the room could see to my well-being, th this dog just slurped me up with that, that, that tongue, which, uh, what kind of god would make a tongue like that? I cannot, I cannot say, but... And the teeth, you know, the teeth. At least the babies don't have teeth, you know. Your baby doesn't have, sorry, the baby doesn't have teeth yet. No teeth. Oh, yet? Is that something I'm supposed to expect now? I'm sorry. Yet yeah, the teeth are, teeth are coming. Oh, God. But you were saying uh, when pacifiers end up dropped on the street, I think it's true that a lot of times parents don't pick them up again because they're afraid of germs. And so pacifiers end up left on the sidewalk while other things get get picked up. It's like a, it's a little rapture. We do get left behind. You know, we end up on the street after the, the creatures drop us and we're replaced immediately. You, you must, I guess, in your just where where you spend your days you must you must be in the direct line of a lot of baby talk 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does that feel? I mean, I do hear a lot of a lot of the adults degrade themselves with this thing you call baby talk, and it's amusing. It is amusing. I've heard some parents uh, refer to their children's pacifiers by a name, like by a nickname. Do you do you get a? Yes, I too have been degraded. If this is your question. I get called all kinds of names, slurs even, I would call them, ranging from uh, Binky to Bippy, Binko, Binkerific, Bibi, Baba, Bibber, Bite, Bula, Bopi, Baba, Bubble, Budgie, Buggy, Buppy, Charlie, Chewbacca, Boko Haram, Cinderella, Alpha, Beta, Omega, Sally Ride, Golden Goose, Applegate Farms, Snoopy, Sleepy, Dozy, Darkwing Duck. I mean, those are terms of endearment. Like, for all the issues, you are important to this child, loved by this child. Do you ever think about what is going on with the baby, what, what it's doing when you're not there? Hmm. Um, I imagine a lot of, a lot of slurping, a lot of, uh, you know, that tongue, that little, that tiny little tongue, perhaps feeling, feeling around the gums, maybe, maybe wondering why it's, why it's so mushy and maybe even missing me. Sometimes I wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. Think so? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. Being missed. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Hello. Hey Josh, it's Ian. Ian, what's up? How are you? I'm good. I um I wanted to ask you about something that you told me about a long time ago and it has stuck with me. Can you tell me about what your parents did for you when you were teething? You're asking me about you're asking me about what they put on the ring or around my neck. Yeah, I'm asking you about what they put around your neck. Well, it was actually a tradition that uh, was passed among several generations. I don't know if it goes all the way back to the shtetl. My parents would freeze a bagel from H and H and tie a string around it and then put it around my neck. So I would gnaw on that all day until it became a soggy mess. So I'm picturing like little Josh Siegel, kind of like Flavor Flav, except with a bagel <laughs> instead of a clock. Well, you've just actually touched on something that I never thought of. I mean, it actually, there is decades of therapy that have gone into my <laughs> wish to emulate Flavor Flav, and I never quite figured out why, and now you figured it out for me. Thank you. I'm not sure it was about teething so much as it was just as a way of amusing myself because I was a very oral kid. So it was a pacifier, basically. Exactly. By the way, it just occurred to me, I just had another uh, memory. It wasn't a frozen bagel. It was actually a stale bagel. Now that I'm thinking about it, they would just let it sit out for a number of days till it became hard as a rock. Is this really, it's really a tradition that that goes back generations? Um, I'm exaggerating slightly. I don't know how many generations goes back, but for sure it existed with my great uncle, my grandfather's brother's family. And I mm-hmm. think that they themselves, my grandfather and great uncle, also 
had this experience in the 19-teens. So I think it's something that goes back to when they first arrived in the U.S., in the Lower East Side and in the Bronx. And it was, just so I understand, it was, was it one bagel a day or would a bagel last more than one day? That you'd have to ask my parents about. I think probably it was a pretty soggy mess by the end of the day. So I have a feeling as as depression era as my parents were, I think they were willing to toss the bagel and replace <laughs> it with a new one. <laughs> have you ever heard of anybody else who whose parents put a bagel on a necklace around their neck when they were a toddler? Uh, only the parents I've recommended this to. So I'm trying to keep the tradition going, but I don't know. I don't know. I certainly I was too young to remember at that point, but uh, I do try my best to keep this tradition going. I mean, I don't know if if you and Emily have have uh, carried it on for me, but you ought to. Dina, this feels like maybe it's a personal question, but do you can you tell me what you're made of? Well, now we're made of rubber and a bit of plastic, but we used to just be a ball of meat wrapped in cloth. The first pacifiers were a ball of meat wrapped in cloth. Meatball wrapped in cloth. Pretty hardcore, right? I guess it is, yeah. Yeah, we're a little softer now, a little more refined, sophisticated. I'm just thinking about if I went to the playground today and I saw one of the other parents holding their baby and the baby was sucking on a ball of meat wrapped in a washcloth. What would I think of that parent? I would think that pacifier got a day off and good for them. Something interesting about you, you you are made to simulate a part of the human body. Am I? Yeah. Which part? I mean, really, two parts. You simulate a a, hum- a nipple. Oh. Um, but then also the baby's thumb. Wow. I just, I guess I never noticed that my, you know, I just thought of myself as curvy. I didn't, I didn't know that I was modeled after the shape of a, a nipple. I guess it makes sense now because, you know, sometimes I do see the baby you know, on the mother's, on the mother's chest. I'm seeing the resemblance, you know. In a way, I'm almost, I'm almost jealous. Jealous of? I didn't know that I was merely a a replica Mm. of, of another possibly preferred sucking object. Does the baby, does the baby suck its thumb? You know, I try my best not to look at it, but... On occasion, I have witnessed this, yes, the thumb in the mouth. How does that feel? Because it's, the thumb is kind of doing the same thing you do. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, I don't know what the purpose of my existence is. It has a, it has a pacifier already on its hand. What's that about? You know, elephants, they use their own trunks as pacifiers. Like, we thumb, humans thumb suck. And they... Humans suck their thumbs, and elephants suck their own trunks. They trunk suck. Trunk suckers. 
now that's an elegant creature. You you are one of many accessories that the baby has. Is that I'm sorry, is that okay, accessory is that Sure, why not? I've been called worse. I guess you've seen the diaper. Oh, I've seen the diaper now. <laughs> you know, it is valuable to get perspective in life. And when I look at the diaper, I, I feel a I feel a rush of gratitude and I almost I almost feel spoiled in my life when I when I look at the diaper. I feel ashamed for, for even complaining about anything that I go through. And I just if I had knees I would fall on them in respect for for what is only a thankless life. You know, I thought I led a thankless life, but that diaper. Oh man. You know, I realize something's been kind of bothering me. We talked earlier about how when pacifiers get dropped on the sidewalk, a lot of times they don't get picked up again. And I think that's true. But I live in a neighborhood with a lot of babies. Why are the sidewalks just not riddled with abandoned pacifiers? Where do they go? You know, one time I, I fell out of the baby's mouth. We were outside on a stroll on the sidewalk in the city, and uh, I dropped on the street, which normally would be a, a grievance to me, but I got so close to one of these holes in the ground. I guess you call them a sewer? Mm -hmm. And I could hear, you know, as though putting an ear to a conch shell, the sound of rushing, rushing water. And while I couldn't see it, all I could do is imagine being swept away on these waves and wondering where they might take me, where I might go, who I might meet, any face, anything other than the baby. You would prefer the sewer to the baby. I dream of the sewer. The sewer, a dark, mysterious hole, a magical hole. Perhaps not even full of slime, perhaps another, another substance. Perhaps Perrier. Ah, yes, an ocean of Perrier in the sewer. This is what I dream of. The gentle rocking of the waves as I see the baby rock, rock in its crib. I imagine being rocked gently, gently to a state of peace, pacification even, on these waves. And maybe one day we'll even all get to meet each other. All of us lost, abandoned pacifiers. Living together. Swept off to pacifier heaven. Never to be unappreciated by another baby again. This is Everything is Alive. The show is produced by Jennifer Mills and me, Ian Chillog. Special thanks to Emily Spivak. Dina, the pacifier, was played by Dina Hashem. Dina is a very, very funny comedian, and you can find her on various social media at Dina Hashem underscore. That's D-I-N-A-H-A-S-H-E-M underscore. Thanks to Josh Siegel for talking to us about his bagel necklace pacifier. We are grateful to the reporting of Jen Savage, from whom we first learned that baby elephants do, in fact, suck their trunks. There are videos online. I suggest you find one. It will cure whatever is wrong with you. 
there are limits to that, but it's, they are adorable. And we also are grateful to Evan Morris, from whom we learned that early pacifiers were balls of meat wrapped in cloth, occasionally soaked in brandy. Everything is Alive is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, Julie Shapiro, executive producer, and the kind of person who would always pick you up again if she dropped you on the sidewalk. You can get in touch with us any number of ways via everythingisalive.com. We'll see you soon. Radiotopia. Radiotopia.